BDL and welcome to Two Men On. I am one of your co-hosts today, uh, three members on the panel. Uh, we have the bases loaded along with uh, your typical co-host, Scotty Wampler. Today we have uh, BDL uh, Funny Man, the wittiest man in the BDL, uh, John Aikman. Uh, we're here celebrating our eighth podcast so far and um, actually we're here to talk about uh, five-year anniversary of the BDL. Uh, so, Scotty, how are you tonight? Johnny, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to take a look at uh, something kind of special tonight, I think. Um, should be pretty fun. Uh, glad to have John with us today. John, how are you, man? Good. Thanks, guys. I'm long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> honored to be along. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, we're going to um, kind of take this opportunity, this this uh, our eighth podcast to to uh, celebrate the BDL's fifth anniversary. Of course, um, I guess as, as most of most of you guys are aware by now, we're we're kicking off our fifth season in 2009. Um, looking forward to it. And in this podcast, we are going to be counting down the top five greatest teams in BDL history, as ranked by TMO right here tonight. And now we had a um, a pretty interesting way of of ranking these. Kind of put our heads together and uh, and developed a pretty comprehensive system, I think, John, to to uh, to get these five teams on paper. And it, it was a tough choice, um, uh, getting getting these things down. And and uh, and especially when you get toward the top, you know, it's it's pretty t- pretty tough. You have some elite teams that are are, are very similar statistically, but uh, you know, a few things really. Uh, ultimately, had to be, you know, uh, ultimately separated them, and, and um, we're going to go over those in just a few minutes. But John, do you do you kind of want to detail for us the way we arrived at these rankings? Sure. I mean, I, I think the hardest thing, looking over, you know, five years of history, we're we're kind of focused on the last three seasons. You know, kind of the the standard BDL as we know it. But you know, so much of this is, you know. So much hard work put in by the managers, you know, every detail thought out in advance. And, you know, you look back at a lot of the outcomes, and a lot of it comes down to luck, you know. I mean, sure. a, lot of, a lot of these teams are, you know, if they were to match up 100 times, you'd probably get, you know, 50 times one team wins, 50 times another does. Um, so, I mean, there's some nitpicking here, but, um, you know, as you say, we have tried to look pretty thoroughly about some of the differences here and um, you know maybe I, I think we can assume that <laughs> even if we don't get this wrong there are going to be people that you know are probably going to have have pretty big differences of opinion um, I think what is kind of fun though is we're looking at you know what makes a quality BDL team and I think it's something that most of us know it when we see it but it's a little bit harder to define so right. Um, one of the first things I looked at, and and you know we we kind of have been sharing thoughts on this for a while. Um, you know we have our way of calculating wins and losses, and I think it's fine. I think it indicates a team that is strong across the board, and and you know all of us would rather win ten to nothing than six to four. Um, but then when you look at the playoffs. Um, one of the things that jumps out is that you know a six to four victory is just as important as a ten to nothing victory there. So 
one of the first things we calculated was, you know, what's a win-loss record if you just look at who wins the individual matchups? And, you know, by and large, a team that has a, has a very high winning percentage, you know, the way that we, we standardly compute the win-loss record, it's also going to win a lot of matchups. But there is some deviation, and I think that, you know, it's probably safe to say that a team that, you know, consistently gets more wins than the other guy um, is probably going to go a little deeper in the playoffs, and that's, that's kind of the first thing we looked at. Um, second, to kind of, you know, jump into the statistics themselves, um, you know, a couple of ways of looking at it, but we took the historical statistics from year to year and kind of matched up different teams from different years, um, which is kind of fun because you can, you know, pit the 08 Bulldogs against the 06 Wallabies and, and you know, get a sense of how those teams would have fared against one another. Um, the first way of doing this is, you know, just to do a standard numerical ranking, uh, who's first, and we pulled out 10 teams and uh, that we kind of reasonably assumed were 10 of the greatest BDL teams, if not, you know, an authentic list. We, this, this was the starting point. Um, and, and started comparing those teams. And so the first and, and kind of basic way of charting this is, you know, just to take an average 1 through 10 in each of these categories and, and to see which teams, you know, had the better averages. And, again, no surprises. The, the teams that we kind of always thought were really good were, were really good this way. <laughs> um, and then the final way, and this, this makes it a little bit more complicated, but I think gives us a sense of, you know, how much better one team is than another is, to actually take the mean of all these teams and then take a percentage of one team's performance against that average of the top ten teams. Um, and there, you know, you kind of get a sense of, you know, for instance, the Killer Cars or NorCal and 08, teams that just had incredible um, saves. You know, not only being 1-2, but you know, having, I think, 160% of, of the, the average performance. Um, I think that kind of gives you a sense of, you know, who's more likely to dominate and, you know, who's more likely to have certain categories that they're not just strong at, but, you know, pretty much going from week to week, they're almost guaranteed to win in that category. Right. Yeah, as John said, we did look at 10 specific teams. Um, started with a few more than that, actually, but we, we, we had, of course, whittle it down little by little. Um, and it, again, it was a very tough list to make, especially um, when you get down to those, you know, five, six, seven. It, it was difficult to leave some teams off because um, there, there are some very worthy teams that uh, could well have, have snuck right into the top five. But um, just to kind of go over the ones we looked at, um, for those who may be interested, the uh, I guess I'll, I'll just go from from year to year here. In in, in 2006, um, we pulled out the of course the uh, champion Falcons, um, the Gotham City Generals, and the uh, team with the best record in the regular season that year, the Portsmouth Wallabies. Uh, in 2007, again the uh, champion Falcons, the Killer Car Company, the Newmarket Nats, and again the Gotham City Generals. 2008, we pulled out the Killer Car Company, 
the Bulaway Bulldogs champions from last year, and the NorCal damage. And that's really what we came up with. Um, again, there were some other very, very worthy teams, um, you know, that, that we did take a look at, uh, a couple of the Rebel squads and, and et cetera. But um, that, that, that was really our starting point. And, 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 Johnny, do you think we really got a good uh, good slice there of, 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 of the greatest teams that we've ever seen in the league so far? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it looks across the board if you look at the three years um, specifically that we've got a pretty uh, pretty even playing field across across the three years, and it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, which year kind of sets itself apart as, uh, as uh, the year with the best teams, and also um, to John's point, there's a uh, those killer cards damage matchup, and specifically with the saves, they always killed me. I'm very happy I snuck through in 08 against the damage. Um, but I mean, it was very tough because you consider a lot of guys good managers in the league, and um, the fact that I wasn't able to kind of pick a, a cramps team, like for example, to to put in here, um, just shows I guess how strong um, you know the, the rest of the top ten is. Right. Well, guys, we're going to slide right into to the top five here and um, get this rolling. Um, at our number five spot, we have a team from last year, 2008, um, one of the best teams we've ever seen, statistically speaking. Um, didn't manage to, to go as deep in the playoffs, I think, as, 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 uh, as they had hoped, but... The NorCal Damage, 2008, our number five team in BDL history. John? Well, first off, you know, you got to give a shout-out within the, the Western Division. We we take a lot of pride in one another, and I think last year NorCal was just about all we could take pride in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, there was a point at the beginning of the 08 season where you're kind of, like, sizing up the competition and looking through everybody's roster and I had an observation about NorCal, and it was that Bill has the most valuable team in the BDL. And at that point, I think there was a pretty strong distinction between a valuable team and a competitive team. And so when you looked at his minors players, when you looked at depth, when you looked at the players on the field, from top to bottom, it was a team that anybody would love to inherit and, and that certainly had a lot of options, you know, that they could, could pursue. Right. And, I, and I remember wondering if Bill was going to take the next step and kind of start converting the, that value into a more competitive team. And I think we saw that about halfway through the season. And I think, you know, as impressive as the numbers are that we looked at, I think, and, and bearing in mind we're all very lazy people, <laughs> <laughs> if, if we were to break down the last couple months of the season, I, I think, you know, you'd see numbers that were even more impressive. Right. Um, he made some key trades. I think that, you know, it's a shame that he didn't go further in the playoffs. He, he had some bad luck. had some good competition. Uh, um, but I, I think that the baseball that they were playing in uh, August and September of last year was, you know, on par with anybody else that we've seen. It, it certainly was. And, John, specifically, I, I remember a conversation that, that actually we had at, um, at the 2007 BDL weekend festivities in Baltimore 
um, or you you made a comment at that time. I don't know if you remember this, that you felt that the damage was the one team in the BDL that if they chose to cash in their chips, then it would be, you know, it would be it would be dangerous. <laughs> they yeah. would be very dangerous. Yeah. Um, they they could the, do a lot of damage. Right. <laughs> Wink. For the rest of the league. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what what, uh, what Bill opted to do. Um, they're, of course, coming into 08 and, and through 08. And, and it, you know what? That was a that was a spot-on observation because um, that squad is going to be good for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. Going into the 08 playoffs, <clears throat> especially after the way 07 ended for, for our team, I mean, the damage was really the one team we didn't want to face. Um, I think we, in a, in a sense, got lucky, I mean, which is what we were talking about. Sometimes you need a little no luck, but a, a very dangerous damage team. Um, and, and just in terms of, you know, we're, we're all about records in this league and, and want to give everybody their due. Um, Bill actually has a record that we, we can maybe say is assisting now, but um, the highest matchup winning percentage of all time, actually. Um, he won 83.3% of his matchups last year. Wow. Um, which, you know, part of that is the BDL West last year. And, and it, you know, we were, we were poopy. Um, but <laughs> I, I, if I can say that on the radio. <laughs> Um, I believe that's a lot. But also, I, I think, you know, that's, that's over the course of the whole season. And I think, you know, it, it is a testament to what he's done with that team. I, I think you got to give a shout-out to Joe Bass, who, who kind of got that started. And then Bill has, has certainly put it in capable hands. Definitely. Well, guys, moving on. On up to number four. And... Uh, you know, this really might have been the, the, the most, the, the, the toughest decision, and, and either of you guys correct me if I'm wrong, please, but, uh, or, or if you disagree, but uh, it, it was so difficult to determine where to put this particular team in this list. They had to be on the list, no question. Um, it, it was just a matter of you know, what kind of weight that they ultimately carried against the top three teams that uh, were selected for this list. And for number four, we have the 2007 Farsta Falcons. At the time, they were in Farsta, of course. Um, back-to-back titles, uh, concluding in 07. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was so easy to write off the Falcons um, that year. Uh, it, when You know, I, I don't think it's, it's going to, uh, to hurt Ernest's feelings for uh, any of us to admit that, you know, we thought that, his 2006 title was, you know, a bit lucky, um, and so it was easy to write off that team in the beginning. But you know, they were right there, hung in, got it done again, and it wouldn't have surprised me. I mean, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't fall too short again in 2008 that squad. But uh, back to the 07 team, you know, that that is one that that that. Uh, uh, you know their their playoff average that year. What what was that, John? Do you have that in front of you? It was crazy. Uh, uh, and this is over the course of three weeks. Uh, right. The winning percentage of the teams, the average winning percentage of the teams that they beat was six thirty seven. Wow. 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 
Yeah, like I was telling you guys earlier, off the air, um, like the guy owns half of the BDL titles, so there was no question he had to be on this list. Um, and 07 was kind of more uh, more impressive than 06, even because uh, coming back, everyone, while we didn't exactly expect uh, expect the team to fall through the way they did in 06. They also had a target on them uh, being the reigning champions, and to uh, repeat is, is an accomplishment in itself. And, and and not just a psychological impact either. I mean, uh, and, and and if if you make your picks right, maybe it's not that big of a difference. But you win a championship, and and you're coming in with you know lower picks in the draft. Um, I think to win two championships and. Uh, I'm not looking at this right now, but I believe his winning percentage for the regular season went up each of those three years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's it's tenacious management. And I think, you know, we we look pretty thoroughly at the statistics to try to come up with some sort of explanation for you know why we were surprised in '06 and we were, why we were surprised in '07. And I think, you know, not surprisingly, we all kind of felt like well maybe lightning does strike the same spot twice, but it's a pretty unique spot where that happens. And I think, you know, you've you got to give so much credit to Earn for the way that he has, you know, three years with a target on your back is is something significant. And I think that, you know, I, I think it's probably something that fuels him. And that's, that's, you know, not only the testament to a good team, but probably the kind of manager that, you know, we, we pride ourselves on having in this league. Most definitely. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'll bring up this stat um, real quick just because uh, it emphasizes uh, how much not of a fluke this was. Uh, he's one of only two teams to have made the playoffs every every season in the BDL. So, I mean, you know he's there. It looks, it looks fluky, but, I mean, Scotty? No, that's, I was just, I was just going to agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with you there, uh, Johnny. Uh, you know, and, and especially coexisting in a, in a division that um, – has another perennial, um, really great team in you know the Richmond Rebels. Um, it's it, it, you know it's it's frankly tough for for the Falcons to compete really um, at at that level. I mean, uh, you know the Rebels have won the South the last two years, sure. but, but the Falcons continue to get things done. They've eliminated the Rebels also each of the last two years. Oh, by the way, and. You know, it's 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 really a testament to um, to to that squad and it, its resilience. And um, it, you know, it's fun. It's a fun story. It's fun to watch. And you know, I don't I don't think I don't think we've seen the end of uh, uh, the end of that story just yet. Okay, moving on. Uh, I guess we'll talk about number three now. Um, and it brings us to uh, at the time we were looking at this team and um, looking at possibly. The, the biggest uh, offensive pitching performance that the league has seen uh, uh, to that date, um, a team that, that went to the finals that year, um, and that's the 07 Generals. Um, quite, an, quite an awesome uh, offensive output that year. And um, John, what kind of stats do you have on, on them? Well, I mean... I, I think an offensively tilted team, without question, and, and if there was, you know, any holes 
on that team, and I, and I think it's maybe a, a leap of faith to say that there were. You know, I, I think the pitching was probably a little bit more pedestrian, but but certainly good enough to have won a championship. Um, off, I, across the board, of of the statistics that we use to to measure ourselves, you know, the I think six was the the lowest rank they were in any one category. Um, you know, offensively, they performed at 112% of the mean of the, the teams that we were looking at. Um, I, I think there there is an argument to be made there that that was the most complete team that, that we've ever seen. Um, and I think that, you know, we're, we're at number three, and, and we're not going to give away who the three are, but I think it might be a good point to kind of say just how closely lumped in together these three teams are. And I think that, you know, at, at some point you kind of have to throw up your arms and say these are three nearly perfect teams. And and so we're kind of, you know, I, I'm going to criticize the pitching staff for the 07 Generals, but only because we have to have some sort of justification for putting them at number three. And I think that... That, that it was probably a good enough staff to put up a really strong regular season win-loss record in as much as it was better than the average BDL team. I think that in terms of elite competition, I think that that was one area that w- would probably have, have leaked enough water that the offensive side was, was had extremely high expectations put on it. And, and by and large, they were able to meet them, but I think that that's that's kind of where I would I would put the generals. Yeah, so would you say they they pretty much almost just ran out of luck in that in that in that 07 finals? Well, I, well, and and they ran into a very lucky manager. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that this is one of those situations where if a few little things had happened differently, we probably would have been talking about the 07 Generals or, or any of these three teams as so great, and that's why they won a championship. And, and it didn't pan out that way. I'm not sure if the things that we're pointing out are the reason it didn't pan out that way, but that's that's kind of the, the body of work that we have to deal with. Yeah, it's a little interesting, too, to point out, uh, if I may, that um, you know our number number three and number four teams on this list um, met face to face for the for the championship that year the 07 Generals and the Falcons. Um, what are, are are your guys' feelings on, on on the placement of those two teams? I mean, it's kind of funny when you look at this list and you see the champions from that year ranked below the uh, the runner up that year in the playoffs. I mean, I, I think that I, I think there there are a whole lot of indicators to suggest just how good the '07 Generals were, and I think that I, I, I don't want to belittle a championship trophy because that's that's what we're all doing here, and that's there's nothing else that could be accomplished that one would trade for that trophy. Um, that said, I, I think you can look at a lot of the accomplishments of the generals in 07 and say, across the board, this was, you know, a team that, you know, maybe doesn't get ranked here as opposed to there, but at the same time is, is in terms of 
appreciating our history, it's certainly a team that needs to be considered and, and recognized. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the 07 Generals were at the time such a statistical anomaly to the league. Um, I mean, you looked at them, I think, across the league, you could probably say, guys are thinking to themselves, that's a great team. You know, who are you afraid to face? The 07 Generals, obviously. And I know going back and forth, we definitely talked about um, the difference between 4 and 5 on our list, and we chose to bump bump those Falcons up because of that championship. Um, it It's tough because you have such incredible statistics versus a championship, and um, I think I think the Falcons just kind of fell short a little bit um, yeah. comparing to the, the all-around talent and, and prowess of the 07 Generals. Well, and I, I think one of the other things, too, and, and it, Given how successful some of the 08 teams were, this this doesn't jump out as, as at us as much as it did at the time. But in 06, the Portsmouth Wallabies were the top team in the league in the regular season. Finished with a winning percentage of 589. A pretty closely bunched league where you know you you didn't have dominant teams. And then you jump to 07, and you've got, you know, a team at 660, a team that, you know, in all of these statistical categories is just, just proving dominant. It's kind of, it, part of it is just the momentum of being sort of the first superpower. Um, and I think that that's, that's probably where the generals are going to be remembered. It, it, we live in a new era of teams that finish above 600, and I think they're kind of the, the prototype of that. But where do where, where do you think that really tapers off? I mean, you you would think it would have to at some point. You know, we, we have these these teams that are just keep, you know they keep adding to to you know uh, or exceeding the greatness of our, our previous what was thought to be the you know the, the pinnacle as far as winning percentage or, or wins in a year. When, when do you see that tapering off? I mean, I, I think one of the most remarkable things that we captured in looking at the statistics from year to year is how the 06 teams match up against the 07 and 08 teams. You have two new teams introduced into the league, and I believe you have a regular season that is a week shorter that's, going that's from 06 to 07. That's correct. And, and, and by and large, the 08 teams are better than the 06 teams. And, and it, there's a little bit of a fluctuation in terms of purely quantitative categories, but not, not enough to account for... In general, the 08 teams are and the 07 teams simply outperform the 06 teams. So I think I, I, the conclusion you can draw from that is I, I think we're getting better at this. I, I think that you know the the more time and and energy invested in this, you we're kind of figuring out you know in terms of when to play a certain guy or what trades make sense. Um, and that's that's always kind of nice to, to pat yourself on the back with. I, I think the other thing that we're seeing, though, is when you come into a dynasty league, you kind of say, well, I'm in it for however long it lasts. I don't think you ever, I don't think you fully appreciate that until you've been in the league for a couple of years, and then you realize that this really is a long-term plan. Right. I think that in 07 and 08, for the first time, you saw managers really take a step back and say, I I'm not competitive this year. I'm probably not going to be competitive next year. I need to do what's necessary to be competitive in five years. 
Right. And when a few managers do that, it you know what they give up to achieve those plans, you know, filters up to the best team. So I sure. think that we we are going to see uh, there, there's always going to be teams that are rebuilding. There's always going to be teams that are competing. Um, so I, I think that we're probably not going to go back to that that kind of bunch pack that we had in 06. Pro- pro- probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I mean, I'd look at the other side too. Um, you look at how um, how impressive the generals were in 07, and then and then you see 08 um, pass through, and they make some adjustments. But this past off season, I mean, how much activity did you um, did you really work through? Scotty, because, I mean, are you really going to get that much better? You're more or less tweaking your team right now. You're um, So you're looking for that that um, diminishing return on your, you know, on your activity throughout the offseason, and, and where do you think it's going to end? Well, well, Is this going to be a BDL first where uh, Scotty ends up crying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know. A BDL uh, second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that 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 would be more accurate. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't really want to deviate too far off the path here, but you, you know, as far as as far as our particular off season, um, you know, I don't I don't feel like you know the '08 generals were kind of anomaly. I mean, it was difficult to explain outside of so many players having off years all at the same time. Um, how a, a a team that was on the cusp literally fell. Uh, I'm trying to pull the stats out of my head. I think literally fell two RBI short and and like like uh, just a few tenths of, of a point in in whip away from from a title in 07 to not making the playoffs in 2008. Um, but the team is is relatively um, as far as its major major parts is relatively unchanged. Um, and basically, what, what what I've tried to do this off season is, you know, just kind of just kind of build on that foundation. And uh, you know, you know, it's it's obvious the team is still it's still very close enough to you know it's to 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 reach for that uh, reach for that greatness and, and and reach for another title run and and, and hopefully achieve it. And and that's that's basically the, the motivation behind the moves we made, Johnny, is just to. Um, you know, strengthen the team. You know, we, we've we've seen other teams kind of make some adjustments and and address some areas, and and, and we're trying to do the same, and, and frankly, trying to stay a, a step ahead if we can, and and um, and get back to that pinnacle because that's you know that's really what this is all about anyway. Yeah, I just I mean, just to your point, with with all the every year, uh, each each of, like the top teams, those wins keep getting larger and larger. I just mm-hmm. don't I don't think it's going to go on for very much longer because those top teams. Well, I just uh, kind of, I think, well, I, like, I, I think, like you. I think the, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think the, the identity of those top teams might change. How so? Well, I, I think that we're going to continue to see teams with pretty high winning percentages. I think that, and, and the 07 Generals are a good example of this, it's not necessarily going to be a case where a handful of teams are are perennially dominant. I think it's going to be the case that the teams that a couple months into the season are are on a reasonable pace to have championship expectations are going to run away with it by the end of it. Um, and I think that I, I 
do think you're going to see some some changeover in terms of you know the teams that are really really competitive this year and last year are have not been making the long term investments that you know some of the the less competitive teams have been at. That. Um, so I, I think I, I don't think it's going to be a stagnant situation, but I, I do think that we're gonna there's going to be pretty large margins between the best teams and the worst teams for I, I, yeah I think that's that's pretty evident John um, uh, you know I I don't really think you're going to see days of you know a, a 700 winning percentage um, throughout the course of an entire season you know that's 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 going to be pretty difficult to achieve as will um, you know what what's what's the record for for the most wins now 100 and 135. 35. Um, you know, I, I can see that, you know, being eclipsed somewhat. Um, the winning percentage, though, it's you know that that's tough. And um, you know, it's just frankly going back to the the 08 generals again. It's just proof of, of how how volatile um, fantasy baseball squads can be. No, no question there. Yeah. Um, but really, going back to, to, to one of John's points and, and, and kind of moving on here in the list, um, you, you know, when you take these top three teams in, in, in these rankings, and, you know, we really just thought you could kind of throw them against the wall and whatever stuck, stuck. And they're, they're, they're so, you really have that one, two, three, and then a, a fairly clean break, you know, and, 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 and then, you know, before you start, uh, start, back, start down the ladder for, for the other teams. And the number two team on our list, the 2008 Killer Car Company of Anaheim, uh, really uh, also fits that mold along those lines. Um, awesome, awesome statistical team, no question there, and, and had, you know, obviously high, high expectations last year um, leading up to, to their playoff run and, and fell a bit short. Um, Similarly to the 07 Generals, um, and you know, it, it, it's difficult to again um, make those comparisons and, and draw those lines with you know one, two, three, and, and four and whatnot. But there they are, the 08 Killer Car sitting at number two, and, and I think it's it's a pretty fair assessment there, John. Yeah, I mean, I think that we we know the history of the playoffs and and what happened in the postseason in 2008 is why two and the the about to be mentioned number one are, are where they are. I, I think the cars in 08, the the things that they did on the mound uh, may not be eclipsed. I mean, it, it's it's one of those accomplishments that you know would be very difficult to improve of or or even to match. Um, mm-hmm. When we took the percentages, and and you know this is. The car's performance against the the mean of what we've designated the best teams in the BDL history. Um, of the other teams, to finish at 110 percent of the mean you would suggest that you're you're have a category that you pretty routinely win at. Um, no other team finished above 100 110 percent in more than one category. Um, the car has managed to do it in five categories. Um, I, I think that, that that just indicates, and, and we, we've discussed strategy enough to, to kind of know that 
you know, one of one of your goals, Johnny, was you know basically dominate pitching and you know rely on a on a on a certainly serviceable offense to to get you that extra win, and and that's how you 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 know win matchups. Um, I, I think given the level of dominance in pitching, I mean that's. To, to be able to say that's the strategy and then to execute it that well is is a, a phenomenal achievement. And I think, you know, we can we can poke holes at that because, you know, it didn't end ultimately with, with a championship. But I, I think it's hard to say that that's not one of the most remarkable BDL teams that we've ever witnessed. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, we... I mean, we're very happy with our OA team. There's two things, I mean, I could say about what you were just discussing. To the point that going into the season, we didn't expect to just have serviceable hitting. Um, uh, we actually thought our, our, our hitters were pretty pretty accomplished. I mean, there's a lot of big names on there which who have proven uh, a lot of big things. Um, but uh, we felt the pitching was... If, if you have that solid pitching, um, it's probably more consistent if you can uh, rotate enough guys in and out uh, to win those categories. Uh, the other point would be that, I mean, going into any given season, uh, yes, we want to win games. Uh, I think just as much, probably, we want to set records and, and to kind of do what we did last year, specifically with the pitching. Um, it was very important to us, and uh, we want to do it again this year. I mean, seriously, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just and, and to kind of reiterate, it, it, again, not a secret throughout the league, but just how good that pitching was. Um, the the average percentage against the mean, 125 percent for for the the pitching categories. I mean, just it it. it, it when you crunch the numbers a different way, it kind of it gives you a different angle to, to how to appreciate it. I mean, I, I think the only worry that I would have with that is if everyone had everyone's going to be stronger in, in one area versus another, and I think that pitching is probably a pretty good safe bet, just in as much as you know, everybody knows kind of what the recipe is to a good offense. I think that you know, if if you're you're smart about personnel, smart about about trades, you can you can put together a, a really strong rotation. I, I think, in as much as injuries can plague a rotation probably quicker than they can an offense, and in as much as the inconsistencies of a pitcher versus a batter tend to be a little bit more pronounced. Um, I mean, I, I think that that kind of we we saw a really dominant first half of the season and then a, a pretty dominant second half, but but certainly you know probably not at the same level as as things started out. Um, that would be my only only nitpicking, you know criticism to level here, but again, I think that this team would be number one if it had resulted in a trophy, and I'm not sure that anything other than kind of the whims of luck, you know, 
necessarily produce that. Yeah, I mean, to, to speak to that last point, um, I think the only way to solve the problem you're talking about is to have enough arms, and we can look back to the Falcons teams of 06 and 07 that they kept they kept churning through, and, and luckily uh, last year we were able to have enough quality arms, and, and towards the end of the season, even if we had a hurt arm, um, we would uh, pull up uh, someone from our minor leagues, and, and it was very helpful for us. And I think sticking sticking with that that same uh, that same point, it's I think it's important to to point out of, of the ten teams that we did analyze for this list, the uh, 08 Killer Cars uh, easily had the uh, the best ERA and and the most strikeouts uh, among them all. Uh, very efficient pitching staff, no doubt. Okay, guys, moving on to our top team, the number one team in BDL history. Johnny, why do we... The Wrigleyville Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. There's all-time uh, top funniest managers. <laughs> uh, I don't think you made it, John. I'm sorry, man. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, what right. do we have there, guys? I'll, uh, I'll announce this this winner here. Um, seeing as how I've probably announced it a million times in my head already. Um <laughs> The 2008 Bulawayo Bulldogs, uh, one of the best performances we've ever seen in the BDL. They had, I mean, dominance in statistics, uh, consistency throughout the year, and they came away with the championship. And uh, the last point I'll make quickly um, is that when you look at one and two on the list, um, going in, I know I had a lot of expectations for the killer cars. The previous year... Bulldogs didn't do much, so going in, I, I said to myself, I'm not expecting much out of the, the OA Bulldogs, and and to really exceed those expectations to come come through the season uh, the way they did, um, by all means, put it put them at the top of this list. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and and uh, he is a dear friend to us all, but we we are all familiar with his ego and and his his. <laughs> inclination to remind us of it. Uh, it, it brings no joy to any of us, but I, I think that these three teams are, are closely placed together, but I, I don't think there was much debate about who should be number one of the three well, of them. And, of course, and, and, and not because, you know, because, you, you know, you know, Craig has the hardware to, to, to back up, you know, what the 08 killer cars and the 07 generals you know, don't frankly, and, and that's that's really the bottom line. Again, if if you were to just analyze just the statistics alone and 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 the um, percentages, as as we you know we have these in front of us that we're looking at right now, it's you know it's it's difficult to 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 discern between the three teams. Um, but you have you know again you have that you have that punctuation there for the Bulldogs that uh, that trophy and that you know you can't. Um, uh, you can't can't minimize that that fact. It, it is what it is, and and you know they deserve to be on top of this list. Yeah. Well, and, and I think if you look at the the 07 Generals as being a, a great offensive team that was maybe brought down by having a pitching staff that was not as good as as its offense, 
And the cars is kind of being the, the reverse of that. E even though the, the, the weak half was not necessarily very weak in either case, it, the Bulldogs really come across as, as pretty balanced on, on both sides. And, it, and probably not definitely not as good at pitching as, as the cars and definitely not as good on offense as, as the generals um, but but a, a more complete approach and uh, one of the things that jumped out here in, in terms of the matchup winning percentage um, and, and again as we already announced the damage um, ha have the highest of all time Bulldogs not far behind at 81% of their matchups um, and, and that that's almost 10 points higher than how the cars ended up. And so in a playoff scenario where you're just trying to survive the week, um, you know, that's, that's probably part of what propelled Craig to, to a championship. Um, just in terms of, of a personal note, I think one of the things that has to be appreciated is he kind of did it his way. Um, we, he is not shy about pointing out that we're both Cubs fans, and he has a lot more prominent Cubs on his roster than I do. Um, and my response to that historically was always, well, listen, we're trying to win a fantasy league, not, you know, support our team. <laughs> and and I can no longer ever have that response because he won a championship <laughs> with, with his guys. <laughs> that's, that SOB. That's that. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> One more time. <laughs> You know that that that's very true. We 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 picked on him for two years uh, for that. You know, I, he and I shared uh, many private conversations on on that alone. And um, I think Johnny, if I if I remember correctly, I, I believe that that was that was a topic of uh, of Craig's interview uh, here on on Two Men On um, sometime last year was his affection for that team and and, and incorporating that into his. Um, or his affection for the Cubs and, and uh, incorporating that into his fantasy team and you know what do you say <laughs> what do you say now there's nothing you know it is uh, he uh, he was able to put those things together and and, and and you know press the button on that blender and, and make it work and it, it it worked wonders it worked well yeah I mean it's so cliche but they always say you talk the talk you've got to walk the walk and he has and He's being uh, crowned champion of the league. He's being crowned uh, best team of all time. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's nothing to do for anyone else in the league, but you know, you put that bullseye right on right on his back and and, and go for it. He's he's done such a tremendous job. Yeah. I think too. Um, uh, while going back to to John's point a few minutes ago of, of the matchup percentage. Um, you know, I think it's it's kind of interesting to note looking at that at the top five um, for that particular um, category. There, three teams from from last year, of course, uh, the three that were on this list, uh, the Damage, the Bulldogs, and the Killer Cars, um, all were in that top five. And I, I think that's very telling for for what we tried to accomplish here. And the other two teams in that top five were uh, at number three were the 07 Generals and. And uh, you know, to give a little shout out to Brent and his Wallabies at, at number four on that list was was the 06 Wallabies at, at 72, almost 73 percent. Um, of course, again, that goes back to to the league's uh, kind of mediocre parity at the time in 06, and I guess, and uh, no offense, Brent, but uh, 
No, that was an amazing run he had in 06. Uh, it, it definitely was. Glad I finally got the division title last year. <laughs> you know, that's, um, that's something interesting about the North, too, and I guess we're kind of getting a little bit off topic, but, um, you know, th three years since we went to the division format, three years and three different uh, North champions. Uh, kind of interesting to note, and... And I, I, I don't um, I don't really predict that that trend is going to continue <laughs> uh, if we're 09. Amish are good. Look out. <laughs> but Joey's just sneaky. <laughs> um, but, guys, uh, th there you have it, our, our top five teams um, in the history of the Black Diamond League. Um, I, th I thought it was a fun list to compile. Um, definitely some sore spots uh, <laughs> for for I, I know me and uh, uh, me and Johnny both you know of course mm -hmm. kind of wrapped up in this process a little bit and and um, uh, so it's you know some 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 hard things to swallow about it but you know it's fun it's it's fun to lay these things out on paper really look at them and and, and what made uh, what gave each team its its identity and and its its place in, in the history of of our league and. And I, I think it's uh, I think it's a complete and, and very fair list. I really do. Yeah, definitely. I I want to thank John for for coming on. I mean, uh, he put together a, a a tremendous list, and, and we were looking at all ten of these teams and uh, some great analysis. Um, these all the things we resort to in February without baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. No, John, but we really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's it's uh, it, it's been it's been too long since we've been doing the show, and 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 uh, and, and not having you on until now. Uh, we're, we're, we we uh, should have. Uh, no, Scotty, should have uh, bunted me over uh, at some point and then let you let you take first. I, I think first is fine the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure, guys. No, we, we appreciate it, John. Thanks a lot. Okay, guys. Um, next month, uh, look out. We have another special guest that will be on board for Two Men On. We'll be delving into the um, big, big topic of the 2009 season preview. Um, should be interesting to uh, to uh, go through that once again. Uh, I know that's going to be a, a fairly controversial topic, Johnny. We have some guys who are going to be uh, chomping at the bit to, to tear us apart, I'm sure, after that one comes out. But uh, Another tough year coming. Yeah, another tough year. It's, it's going to be difficult to, to, uh, to throw out those predictions, I think, especially for a couple of our divisions anyway. Uh, it's not going to be difficult. We just look at the... Uh PDL Vegas odds. We'll just go straight, <laughs> straight by the odds. As we tip our hat to Mike, that'll do it for Two Men On today. You've been listening to Two Men On. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>